I'm Robert Colangelo, and this is Green Sense, where we bring you eco-innovations that are changing your world. It's not a fruit or a vegetable, but can be described as a special gastronomic element that is extraordinarily versatile in the kitchen. What is it? Mushrooms, and they're gaining popularity among home cooks, commercial chefs, and for their recreational and medicinal uses. This week, we have a young entrepreneur who started a local mushroom growing operation in Chicago to supply some of the best restaurants in the city. We'll hear about his journey to turn his passion into a business. My guest this week is Joe Weber, founder of Four Star Mushrooms. Joe, welcome to Green Sense. Thanks, Robert. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate the tour and seeing your facility. It's quite impressive. So uh, how did you come up with the name Four Star Mushrooms? To be honest, the, the name was kind of the last thing that we had to decide on. And we we're forming an LLC and uh, we needed to put a name in. And, you know, we were thinking of my dad and I specifically actually were thinking about kind of what would uh, send that local message across. And we looked at the Chicago flag and we're like, well, there's four stars there and we could replace them with mushrooms. And we got our logo and our name in one foul swoop. So that's kind of how we came up with it. It's always fun to hear how com- companies started and how their logo and name came about. Uh, farming is highly competitive, uh, and, it, and to be successful in farming, you have to keep your operating costs down. Uh, and typically, most farms are located in rural areas because costs are cheaper. Why would you locate your farm in the city where rent, labor, and utilities tend to be higher? So it's really important for us to be in Chicago. Um, we are committed to serving Chicago restaurants and consumers. And it's really important for us to share uh, with, with our customers where their food is coming from. And so giving our customers an opportunity to come and actually physically see where their food is produced um, is something that I think a lot of consumers and chefs um, really don't have an opportunity um, to experience. And so that was a that was a big factor in why we decided to stay in Chicago. The initial facility that we had um, and still operate actually is um, we decided to to move there because we were very close to our market and mushrooms are highly perishable. And so we wanted to offer same day delivery as harvest. And so that was another big reason why we initially started in Chicago. And that's the downside of locating in a rural area. You can get some cheap input costs, but then you have a higher transportation cost. Uh, Joe, what support has the city of Chicago offered you to locate in the city? Um, We were actually awarded a grant. Um, It was a grant that was born out of COVID and COVID relief. Um, And so the city of Chicago was gracious enough to offer us a grant um, that would cover some of the initial infrastructure costs, which was um, fantastic. It was some of the best news I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As a new entrepreneur, all those little things can be a big help. Uh, Let's talk about your journey uh, from graduating from university of Illinois with a degree in integrative biology to specialty mushroom grower. Uh, what is integrative biology? So U of I offers two main biological, um, coursework and the First being kind of MCB, which is focusing on like the pre-med course. Integrative biology focuses a little bit more on the broad scale. And so that was really attractive to me because I've always been interested in ecology and habitats and ecosystems. 
Um, and that was kind of the, the pathway that I could learn the most about that. So how did you go from a student to a mushroom grower? <laughs> um, so after I graduated, I was working, I was looking for um, work in some sort of sustainability fields and sustainable agriculture really caught my attention. Um, it really started when I was taking an ecology course at U of I and I learned that monocrop agriculture systems just completely decimate ecosystems and habitats. And like I mentioned, those are kind of the things that I'm most interested in. And so in my drives from Hoffman Estates down to Champaign, most of that drive was either corn or dirt. And so I, you know, I really got a firsthand um, account at what those, what those crops were doing to our ecology. And that kind of set off this spiral of events that eventually led me to dive down the sustainable and indoor agriculture rabbit hole. Um, and I, I, the thing that really turned me on to mushrooms was a podcast. And I learned that mushrooms play this amazing role in the ecosystem and are also these perfect candidate, um, candidates to be cultivated indoors. What is a mushroom? It's not a fruit. It's not a vegetable. What is it? It's a fungus, <laughs> and it's actually more closely related to uh, animals than it is plants, even though most of the times are kind of categorized as vegetables. So you grow some beautiful and amazing varieties of mushrooms. Uh, when I walked through, I saw some chestnut, blue oyster, lion's mane, just to name a few. What other type of varieties do you grow? We've grown uh, over the past three years, we've grown about 25 different varieties. Um, we currently produce blue oyster, black oyster, king trumpet, chestnut, lion's mane, golden enoki, shiitake, and maitake. Um, and those are all kind of choice culinary mushrooms that we mainly sell to chefs and restaurants. Yeah, that's uh, pretty amazing, uh, that variety. As, as a grower, what you quickly realize that it uh, gets difficult to have lots of varieties growing. It's easier to focus on just a few, and it sounds like you've narrowed that down. So walk us through the process of what it takes to grow a mushroom. Sure. So you start with the culture, um, which is the strain of a specific species that you want to grow. And typically that starts out on a Petri dish. And for even before the Petri dish, you can take a spore print from a wild mushroom that you find, put that onto a nutrient-rich Petri dish, and then that will grow out. It'll form mycelium. And then you'll take that mycelium and you'll cut it up and you'll put it into a bag of sterilized grain, typically. And then that mycelium will grow across the grain. And then each of those kernels of grain is can be kind of thought of as an um, an inoculation point. And so once that bag of grain is fully colonized with the fungus, we'll break it up and then we'll take a little bit of uh, that bag and put it into a lot of different uh, production bags or what we call them. And so each of those production bags will have um, what we grow on currently is uh, red oak sawdust and soybean hulls. And so a little bit of that um, inoculated grain or uh, colonized grain will go to inoculate each of those blocks. And then, then the mycelium that comes from that grain will grow across that um, hardwood substrate 
and eventually fully colonize it and start to digest it. At that point, we put it into our fruiting rooms. Um, and these rooms are, they have a lot of fresh air. They're very cool. They have light um, and they're very humid. And so pretty much what we're trying to do there is we're mimicking the seasonal shift where these mushrooms typically would grow in the wild. And then we essentially trigger them to start to produce mushrooms. And how much uh, mushrooms does one fruiting block produce? Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of the name of the game. It really depends on what your fruiting conditions are like and uh, the quality of your substrate. And so, you know, a, a single 10 pound block can produce up to, you know, three and a half, four pounds on one single flush. And then you can reuse that substrate over and over again, as long as you kind of maintain that cleanliness. Um, so it can produce six, seven pounds at max, I would say. Over what period of time? Our cropping cycle for first flush is usually about 10 days. Sounds pretty easy if you're not producing those blocks. The blocks sound a, a bit of a challenge. Do you ever buy blocks inoculated or do you always inoculate them yourselves? Um, so it's kind of a mix. We've done both in the past. Um, and the, like you said, it is a challenge to, uh, to make blocks. It's something that you kind of have to really get perfect. And we've bootstrapped that over the years and really learned what it takes to do that. Um, we're also bringing in some blocks with a partner farm that we've known for the past three years, um, which is really helpful as we begin to scale. Everything looks simple once it's uh, all put in place. Uh, what are the challenges to grow good mushrooms? So I think that, you know, anybody can kind of grow one block pretty well. The challenge is really in scaling that production. Um, you start to see things pop up if you're not really um, fully paying attention to each of the blocks and each of the grow rooms. And we're... Um, yeah, so, so it can be really challenging. Um, it seems easy on its face, I think. Um, but if you're not catching some of these issues, like not enough fresh air, not you know dry pockets in your grow room, not enough um, air exchange, uh, not enough air turbidity, dark spots, that kind of thing, um, you're gonna quickly have a crop that's not sellable or it's just not that attractive. It seems like there's not that much labor if you can inoculate your blocks. You've got seven to maybe 14 days for them to grow. Is this pretty labor intensive or where is the labor intensive process? So most of the, uh, yeah, most of the labor goes into that inoculation process and it also goes into the harvesting. We also really focus on maintaining a really clean environment. And so sanitizing the rooms is something that we're doing constantly and and it's really important to our process to reduce any contamination and make sure that our mushrooms have everything that they need to grow um, but in general controlled environment agriculture has lower labor than traditional agriculture um, specifically you know going out in the woods and trying to harvest these mushrooms from trees <laughs> um, and that's something that we're continually trying to reduce that that labor uh, input and then and, and then take that labor that we have currently and then put it into more 
uh, value added uh, roles in the company. Yeah, I was impressed how clean your operation was and uh, how how efficient it looked. Um, you have a background and a passion on sustainability. What kind of programs are you implementing in your operation to make your mushrooms sustainably grow? Sure. Yeah, so um, I think generally urban ag and controlled environment ag is, is a more sustainable option. If we provide a hyper-local product, um, reduce transportation costs. So I think just in general, the business model is sustainable or more sustainable. Um, it's a tricky word, as you know. Um, and we also really, really what the beautiful part about this business is, is our spent substrate is actually can be used as a soil amendment. And so currently we're working with urban farms, community gardens, and regenerative farms across Chicago and Illinois to use this as a soil amendment. Um, and long-term what our goals are is really to, is to take this spent substrate material and use it as a catalytic input into regenerative agriculture operations from the point where we convert them from monocrop agriculture into regenerative agriculture. And so starting to see that kind of like base shift in the food ecosystem. Well, you have an impressive list of restaurants for customers. Uh, some of the restaurants have a long waiting list to get into them. Can you name any of those? Yeah, sure. So um, some of our customers include, you know, a lot of the Michelin star restaurants and that's where we found our niche in the past three years because we've had limited production. So places like North Pond and Smith and Alinea and Moody Tongue um, are customers and have been customers. Um, but we also service, you know, a lot of Italian restaurants and steakhouses like Fermentos and um, GT Prime, unfortunately GT Fish and Oyster um, had its last service. That was a big customer for us too. Um, but a lot of these different, um, we, a lot of these, a lot of these restaurants across the city, and we're constantly expanding. So we're currently servicing about uh, seventy-five restaurants, I believe. So do you ever get calls in the middle of the night or early in the morning uh, for uh, rush deliveries because someone lost some mushrooms or they need a special order? Not too many calls, but I, I always wake up to emails and texts. <laughs> uh, thankfully, because we're so close, we can typically always get those out to them. Well, it's hard being a startup. Uh, you must be technically proficient at your trade here growing mushrooms. And you also have to be a good business person. And most people are one or the other. What's your biggest challenge running a mushroom business? I would say um, just the general just the general stress of running a business and getting a business off the ground is something that um, from the outside looking in, it seems like we have a successful business, but every day there's these new challenges and uh, every day there's something different. And even when we feel like we've kind of hit our stride, there's always something that's kind of lurking around the corner, which is another challenge. So I think just, just in general, like the start, maintaining the startup uh, mentality and, and culture is really important to us. Um, so yeah, just the whole, <laughs> the whole aspect of running a business well, don't get overwhelmed. You're not alone. That's uh, that's one of the challenges of a startup. Uh, Joe, what are your plans for the business uh, to scale up? Or do you want to stay as an artisan grower servicing a limited amount of these high-end restaurants? Our plan is definitely to scale up. 
Um, and that's kind of what we're in the midst of doing right now. And so this new facility is, uh, will hopefully supply all of Chicago land, um, both restaurants, caterers, private chefs, and ultimately consumers. We see the, uh, the retail market as being where we have the most opportunity to scale. And so Chicago will always be our home, but we also have plans um, in the medium to long term to scale outside of Chicago and uh, really start to move also into this regenerative agriculture space. Well, beyond being delicious, mushrooms also have medicinal and recreational use. Uh, Colorado recently was the second state after Oregon uh, to legalize uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Do you follow the psilocybin market? Yeah, definitely. And it's exciting to see, you know, all the all the progress that some of these states have made. Um, we uh, constantly get the question if we're what kind of mushrooms we're growing and then we get a little wink. Um, but as you know, Illinois, uh, they're still they're still illegal. But I think that there's um, so many different applications, um, not only for psilocybin, but for also the uh, functional mushroom market with lion's mane and reishi. Um, turkey tail, all that. And so we kind of view ourselves as a primary producer and then whatever the market indicates is something that we'll be able to grow. Do you have any prognostication on which uh, Midwestern states will legalize the use of psilocybin uh, first? You know, I don't. I don't really have a good pulse on that. I've heard um, different aldermen in Chicago talking about it. But uh, it seems like it's more of a political issue, which is something that I try to stay out of. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> well, you're living your dream. What do you like best of it? <laughs> you know, I think the most exciting thing is when we, we grow a really stellar product, we hand deliver it to our customers, and then we go to their restaurant and we dine with them, and they come out and talk about how they prepared it. Um, that's definitely one of the most fulfilling things. That and creating a team. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about the mushroom business and your journey? The only other thing that I would add is um, just to kind of highlight our mission, which is to accelerate our transition to sustainable food systems. And while we're, you know, a mushroom production operation right now, we have uh, a vision of really changing this food system and making something that works for everyone. Um, Regenerating our ecosystems for greater biodiversity and societal health is, is something that we're really focused on. With COVID impacting the uh, supply chain, I'm all for more locally grown produce. So keep up the good work. Don't get discouraged. Uh, being a young new entrepreneur, you, you, you've got a really good start there. And thank you for joining us on GreenSense. Awesome. Thanks so much, Robert. That's Joe Weber, owner of Four Star Mushrooms, bringing exotic, sustainably grown mushrooms to a restaurant near you. I'm Robert Colangelo. Thank you for listening to Green Sense and check out the Green Sense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on 105.9 FM, WBBM, Chicago. And visit the GreenSenseShow.com website to learn more about sponsorship opportunities. <laughs>